you want a brand new breakfast idea? Then get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Yes, indeed. Try the brand new cereal assortment with ten individual packages in all. Four Wheaties, four Cheerios, two Kicks. All top favorites and all extra fresh. Yes, it's fun to take your pick from Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the Betty Crocker cereal tray. Get that tray today. And now, the Betty Crocker Cereal Tray presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. his faithful ballot Keto, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Dead Man's Top Coat. Boys and girls, our government is asking every one of us not to waste food. So eat up everything your mom puts on the table and be doubly sure you eat every single bite of important body-nourishing foods such as milk, fruit, and cereals like the three wholesome top favorites you get in the Betty Crocker cereal tray, Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. All three of these Betty Crocker cereal tray favorites are mighty nourishing, mighty good. Ten individual-sized packages in all. Each holds just enough for one generous serving of Wheaties, Cheerios, or Kicks. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray today. It was Monday morning of Christmas week. With the big holiday just a few days distant, Britt Reed did some last-minute shopping on his way to work. So it was after ten when he reached his office in the Daily Sentinel building. A well-dressed elderly lady was waiting for him. Well, good morning, Mr. Reed. Good morning, Miss Case. I... Why, Mrs. Thorndyke. Oh, hello, Britt. So good to see you. And it's certainly good to see you. How's the Christmas dinner coming? Oh, Britt... That's what I want to speak to you about. I want you to come into my office, Mrs. Thorndyke. No calls for the next few minutes, Miss Case. Very well. Oh, Britt. Britt, we're in a dilemma. We've planned a perfectly lovely Christmas dinner for over 1,200 poor people with gifts for everyone. Shoes, hats, coats, gloves, toys for the children. Yes, and I now... know. And uh, the collections aren't going to pay the freight. Oh, Is that it? Britt, let me tell you what happened. We were robbed last night. Rob. Our collections have been coming in splendidly. Some of the city's most prominent people have been collecting for us. And over the weekend, a lot of money came in. It was kept in the office, of course, because the banks were closed. I see. Last night, the office staff was working overtime. A thief came through the back door and took over $20,000 in cash. $20,000? Well, didn't you notify the police? Oh, yes, indeed. But Commissioner Higgins agreed to keep things very quiet. Oh. You see... If the robbery became known, it might affect our collections these last few days before Christmas. Uh -huh. Moreover, it, it might cause a lot of kiddies to worry. You know how those poor little tykes look forward to their Christmas party. Yes, they've got to have a party. That's why I came to you, Britt. 
My husband is going to give a thousand dollars, and and several others will do the same. I want a thousand from you to help make up the loss. Very well. You are sweet about it. We'll return the money if the stolen funds are recovered. Do the police have any leads? Oh, yes. They found the thief's hat and trench coat. He threw them into a rubbish barrel in the alley back of the office. A trench coat? Mm Mm-hmm. Commissioner Higgins thought he wore it on top of his overcoat as a disguise. Was he masked? Yes. But the people in the office identified that hat and coat. Oh. Who was in the office? Oh, just the four paid employees. Uh, Mr. Beasley, Miss Bates, oh, a young clerk named Jackson, and a girl named Larkin. Oh, the poor thing. Here you are. Oh, thank you, Briggs. Poor thing. Why'd you say that? Why, she was knocked down by the thief. She went into the back room to get her coat, and the man was hiding there. He struck her on the head, knocked her unconscious. Then he came up behind Mr. Beasley, held a gun to his back, and threatened to shoot if anyone made a sound or or motion while he took the money. Any thief that's low enough to steal money that's been contributed for a Christmas dinner for the poor should get the works. I hope the police are moving. The commissioner is trying to find the criminal, but of course he's handicapped by the need of secrecy. I think I'll call him up. A little needling won't hurt him. Miss Case, get Commissioner Higgins on the phone. I want to see if he's free to meet me for lunch. <laughs> so you've been talking to Mrs. Thorndyke, eh, Brent? She was in the office this morning. When you called and asked about luncheon, I had a hunch you wanted information about the robbery. Well, Higgins, now that you've confirmed your hunch, let's have the latest developments. Well, frankly, our position is rather difficult. I promised Mrs. Thorndyke that the news of the robbery would be kept quiet. Where do you stand? The four eyewitnesses were of little help. Uh, They saw nothing but the coat, hat, and mask. Hmm. What about the man's voice, shoes, and trousers? He spoke in a hoarse whisper to disguise his voice. He was concealed from the hips down by a low petition across the rear of that office. He stayed behind that petition. Uh, You know, of course, that we found the hat and trench coat in a trash barrel. Yes, Any chance to trace the clothing? We're working on it. There was a dry cleaner's mark in the trench coat. Think you can identify the owner from that? It's possible, but, uh... Well, perhaps I'd better say nothing. Go ahead. Well, I hate to have this repeated, Britt, but I'm wondering if the thief might not have had help from someone inside the office. Why do you say that? Because he seemed to know so much about the place. He knew how to force the lock on the rear door, and he knew exactly where Beasley had the cash locked in the drawer. Have you investigated the employees in the office? Not as much as I'd like to. I've gone as far as I can go. The story will leak out, and reporters will get it if I take those four people to headquarters for a regular questioning, or uh, uh, conduct a search of their homes. I suppose it is important to keep the thing secret. It is for the present, at least. (coughs) I, uh, uh... Yes, waiter, what is it? A message for you, Commissioner Higgins. It was just left at the door by your secretary. Oh, thank you. Uh, Excuse me, Britt. This may be important. Go right ahead. Hmm. Britt, does the name uh, Lefty Driscoll mean anything to you? Driscoll? Lefty Driscoll. Wasn't there a crook by that name? There was. He and his wife, a blonde named Mavis, were wanted for the murder of a gas station attendant. That's it. I remember the affair. They were spotted leaving the city in a stolen car. They went off the road through a guardrail and dropped 40 feet into a gully. 
Both Driscoll and his wife were killed. The Sentinel carried photographs of the wreck. The car caught fire. But what about it, Commissioner? Well, this note says that they've traced the trench coat. It belonged to Lefty Driscoll. Lefty Driscoll? But he's been dead for six months. Exactly. There's a story in that coat. Look, Higgins, Miss Case has been doing some special articles for the Sentinel. Let me send her over to headquarters to examine the Driscoll coat. But this will be no publicity on that robbery. It'll break sooner or later. When it does, I want to be prepared. Well, all right. Tell Miss Case to see me personally when she comes to headquarters. I'm holding the coat in my office. <laughs> A pack of good it is now. My only clue gone up in smoke. Maybe, uh, maybe I can return the favor. How? You said you wanted to go further in your investigation of the four people in that office. I certainly do. But my hands are tied by the need for secrecy and the restrictions of red tape. Do uh, you have something in mind, Brett? Well, um, the Green Hornet can move without any such restrictions. Tell me more. Perhaps you could ask each of the four people to drop in at your office this evening for a little unofficial chat. <laughs> All right, Britt. Go ahead. I trust you. That afternoon found Brett Reed's secretary, Lenore Case, accompanied by Michael Axford in the private office of the police commissioner. The two examined a tan-colored trench coat. Michael, tell me what's unusual about this coat. Something I can use for a feature story, if and when we're allowed to publish news of the robbery. Well, golly, Casey, it was worn by a killer, Lefty Driscoll. <laughs> what are you doing, Casey? Lefty Driscoll seemed to have liked perfume. Let me see that coat, will you? Sure, help yourself. I've often thought I'd get me one of these here trench coats. they got a certain kind of swagger to them. Axford, take it off and put it on the table. Oh, why didn't you leave him at the office? I tried to. Now, see here, Commissioner. Casey's tried to make a name for herself as a feature writer. And she needs someone like me to show her the ropes. Oh, Michael. If only you weren't so darn eager to be helpful. Casey... In this game, you never know what you're going to get into. Sometimes reporters get into plenty of danger. I can imagine things a lot more hazardous than inspecting an old trench coat in the office of the police commissioner. You never know, Casey. Sometimes things start like nothing at all and end up with all kinds of fireworks. Michael Axford's statement was more prophetic than he realized. That evening, Britt Reed prepared to move out as the Green Hornet. Keto had the mask and gun in readiness, and Britt had a list of four addresses. Mr. Beasley, Miss Bates, Jackson, and the girl who was not unconscious, Helma Larkin. They're going to call at each of their homes, Keto. Yes, Mr. Britt. You have addresses? Yes. They'll all be with Police Commissioner Higgins for the next hour. Perhaps you not need the Hornet mask and weapon. Maybe not, but if I am seen, I want to be seen as the Green Hornet. Well, here are four messages you'll prepare, Mr. Britt. We'll leave one of these at each of the places. I guess we're ready. Come on, Cato. The Hornet went first to the small house where the mouse-like Mr. Beasley lived as a widower. 
He forced an entry through a window and left a sinister note where Beasley would surely see it. Miss Bates is next, Cato. Yes, I know address. I think she's too old to have had a part in the robbery, but we can't overlook any bets. A message from the Green Hornet was left on the dresser in the bedroom of old Miss Bates. Alma Larkin lives in a small two-room apartment. We can get in through the fire escape. Yes, sir. The Green Hornet left a note for Alma Larkin and another for a fourth employee, a man in his early 20s whose name was Jackson. Uh, does it, Cato? Each of the four people who was working in that office last night has received a message from the Green Hornet. Now we'll see what happens. continue our story in just a moment. Say, boys and girls, if you're going to get a toy train for Christmas, here's something you must have to go with that train. It's the Model City that comes on the Betty Crocker cereal tray, complete with cut-out houses, stores, and other buildings. Just about everything you find in a real city. Just think of the fun you could have making your train stop right in the city. And if you get several Betty Crocker cereal trays, you will have enough houses, stores, and other equipment to make two model cities. Then you can play like you pick up passengers on your train in one city and take them to the other. Besides the buildings which come on the Betty Crocker cereal tray, you also get cutouts of autos, fences, garages, and a lot more things. Just on one avenue in the model city, there's a big service station, an ice cream store, a bank, and a hotel. All this plus different style houses. Everything complete, even storage sheds in back of buildings and awnings in front. Easy to build, too. There's no pasting or gluing needed, and many slots are pre-cut. Best of all, different houses and stores come on different Betty Crocker cereal trays. Just think of the swell time you'll have setting up your own model city right next to your railroad track. Ask your grocer for the Betty Crocker cereal tray. That's the handy cereal package with all three of your breakfast favorites. Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Get yours now. Now to continue our story. After making four calls as the Green Hornet and leaving four unsigned messages, Britt Reed returned to his apartment. He had been home for just about an hour when the police commissioner called in person. I'm glad to see you, Higgins. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. Look here, Reed. Answer one question. Were you in the home of Miss Bates while she was at my office? Oh, was someone in her home? Someone forced the lock on the window, went in and left a note on her dresser. Is that so? As if you didn't know it. Tell me more. Well, Miss Bates telephoned me. Here's what the note said. I wrote it down. Quote, You can't get away with it unless you cut me in. I'll telephone and let you know where to send my share of the stolen cash. Unquote. Does that sound familiar, Britt? Was the note signed? No. But it might very well have been signed by the Green Hornet. People no longer look on the Green Hornet as a crook. 
Miss Bates was supposed to think a crook wants a cut of the stolen cash. Brett, you're barking up the wrong tree. I've known Rose Bates for a good many years. She's the least likely of any of those four to be guilty of having a hand in the theft of those charity contributions. The fact that she called you puts her in the clear. Anyone else call? No. Why? I left the same kind of note for each of the four who works in that office. An innocent person would report such a note to the police. To you personally, because you've handled the case. But, Red, I... If all four of the people register a complaint against a mysterious intruder, it'll be pretty good evidence that the thief had no help from the inside. Hmm. I see. And if one of those four makes no complaint... That person should be uh, interviewed at great length. <laughs> all right, Brett. I'll go along with you. How'd you make out with the four at your office? I took their fingerprints. With no objections? They didn't know it. I gave them the usual signal, and a tray of ice water was brought in. The glasses were highly polished. When the tray went out, it held four glasses and four sets of fingerprints. I don't expect anything will come of them, but I had them classified and sent to the FBI in Washington as a matter of course. Our Washington correspondent's alive, wire. I might ask him to follow through and see if any of the prints are on record. Oh, if they are, I'll be notified in due time. Perhaps Slade can speed up the report. Well, suit yourself. I've got to be going. You'll let me know if and when you hear from Jackson, Beasley, and Miss Larkin. Of course. I'm particularly anxious to catch a crook that's mean enough to steal a Christmas dinner from the poor. Brett Reed spent most of the following day in his office, but heard nothing from the police commissioner. He left around 5 o'clock, but Miss Case and Michael Axford remained. Oh, really, Michael? There's no reason for you to stick around. But, Casey, I'm interested in seeing how your story of the top coat turned out. Please, I'm only on the second draft. I'll have to do this thing a dozen times before it's ready to give to Mr. Reed. Well, go ahead, I'm not stopping you. Oh, dear. I'll get it. Hands off. Mr. Reed's office? Hello, Miss Case. Commissioner Higgins calling. Is Brett Reed there? No, he's left, Commissioner Higgins. I don't know whether you can reach him at his apartment or not. He didn't say whether he was going home to dinner. I'd like to reach him. It's quite important. Would you care to leave a message? Uh, yes, yes, I will. Tell him that one of the people in that office for the Christmas dinner fund should be interviewed at great length. Oh? The girl called Alma Larkin. Uh, just a minute. I'm writing it down. Alma Larkin should be interviewed at great length. That's right. Very well. I'll see that he gets the message. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Casey, what was that about? Why should Alma Larkin be interviewed at great length? What else did the commissioner say? Axford, police. Well, look, Casey, if it's an interview that's called for... That's go... it, Axford. An interview is called for. I'll write a note for Mr. Reed. But, Casey, I... Here can... you are. Now, you give this to Mr. Reed when he comes in. Now, hold on. Where are you going? The commissioner said Alma Larkin should be interviewed at great length. Oh, golly. Casey's been bit by the reporter bug. It was a little later when Britt Reed found the police commissioner working overtime in his office. Come in. Oh, come in, Britt. I called your office half an hour ago. Did you get my message? No, I didn't. I've been trying to cover a lot of ground today. May I use your phone to call the office? Oh, sure thing. Uh, I'll have the operator get the connection for you. Uh, Joe, uh, call Mr. Britt Reed's office at the Sentinel. Uh, buzz when you get the connection. Thanks. 
I called the apartment checked with Cato, then came here fast. Yeah? There had been a call from our man in Washington. Yeah? One of the fingerprints you sent out last night has been identified. You mean there's a record of one of the people who work at that office? There is. And it's a criminal record. Give me one guess. I'll identify the criminal. It's Alma Larkin. Why do you name her? Because I've heard from Beasley, Jackson, and Miss Bates. Each of them reported a threatening note. But there's been no word from the Larkin girl. I left the information at your office, gave it to Miss Case. Well, you're wrong about Alma Larkin. Wrong? Then whose prints are on record? A murderess named Mavis Driscoll, the wife of Lefty Driscoll. Oh, but she was killed with Driscoll in that auto crash. That car caught fire when it cracked up. The girl with Driscoll was penned beneath it. She was beyond recognition. Identification was based on luggage and clothing that was thrown clear of the car. Well, then who... Some other girl was killed with Driscoll. Mavis was in this office last night, and... Uh, that'll be your call. Take it. Nello? Reed, Supreme Station, I'm glad you called. There was a message from Higgins. I know about it, Oxford. Is Miss Case there? No, she went out to interview the Larkin girl. Went to interview the Larkin girl? She left about half an hour ago. Great Scott. What's up? Higgins, Lenore Case went to interview Alma Larkin. You mean Mavis Driscoll, wanted for murder? Yes, and if she's cornered, she'll kill. Joe, get a fast car and three men around to the front, right away. Lenore left the office half an hour ago. She's just about reached the Larkin apartment. Now, see here, Miss Case. In five minutes, you've asked more pointed questions than the police commissioner asked in two hours. Do you mind, Miss Larkin? Yes, I do. I'm tired of answering questions. It was bad enough to be knocked unconscious by that thief. You said he struck you with his gun. Yes, I guess so. I don't remember much. Now, what's the difference? A cigarette? No, thank you. Did you struggle with him? There wasn't a chance. What is? Well, the trench coat carried a distinct scent. Perfume or sachet. And this apartment is filled with the same aroma. What trench coat? Lefty Driscoll. Who said it belonged to Lefty Driscoll? Oh. So you knew Lefty Driscoll. I, uh... My phone's ringing. The other room. Go ahead. By all means, answer it. I'll wait. Hello? American Airlines calling about a reservation. I'll call you back. Dame caught me off guard. She knows it, too. Might make trouble. The girl moved softly, taking a small gun from a table drawer. Then she stepped to the door, turned the knob silently, and opened it just far enough to look into the other room. Her face went dark with anger. What's the big idea? A short phone call, hmm? See here, Case. I don't like it when people snoop in clothes closets. I don't like it, see? I shouldn't think you would. I've learned things. Oh, you have, huh? That Driscoll trench coat hung in this closet. So did a lot of other clothes. But they seem to be packed in suitcases. You planning a fast getaway, Miss Larkin? Smart, aren't you? You can't make it, Alma. The commissioner's already suspicious of you. Now, why don't you talk and tell me everything? Did you handle the job alone, or did you have an accomplice? Case, I'm sorry for you. You've got to go bye-bye. What? A 
good right the first time. Too bad you won't see Christmas. Don't be a sap. If you return the money, a girl with your looks can get a light rap. Maybe a suspended sentence if you tell the right kind of sob story. <laughs> you think? Put down that gun. You don't know all the answers. There's a murder rap waiting for me. Murder? My name's not Larkin. It's Driscoll. <gasps> Driscoll? Lefty's wife. I was with him on all his jobs while he piled up a bankroll. Then the heel left me flat. He took all the jewels he bought me, my mink and most of my clothes, and ran off with a dame from his hometown. Her name was Larkin. Get the picture? I begin to. She's the one that was killed. When I read about that, I decided to take her name. But I was flat broke. I didn't have the clothes for a front, and I couldn't get a job without some kind of background or references. I finally landed a temporary job in that charity office. Figured to meet some big shots and make a few contacts. And you saw a chance to, to get a quick bank And roll. took it. So that's it, Kate. Now you see why I've got to give you the works. Then your story about a man coming through the back door was... was phony. Sure it was. I had Driscoll's coat and hat. They were all he'd left with me. So I took them to the office on Sunday. Used them for a disguise. How did you get by without being recognized as Mavis? It was easy. I just changed the color of my hair, wore low heels and horn-rimmed glasses, wore clothes like like this and left off the makeup. Didn't anyone miss Alma Larkin? She came from out of town, had no people. And what of it? Time's up, Kate. Sorry. You can't get away with shooting me. The radio will cover the sound of a 25. But, but the body will be found here. Not for three days. That's when the cleaning woman comes. The day after Christmas. Melma! Mavis, don't be a fool! Radio will start in a second or so. I'll make it loud. There's your swan song. Wait, wait listen, maybe I can help you. Sorry. Drop the gun, Sister. <gasps> Come on in, Commissioner. I got it covered. I'll open the door for you. Come on in, Brett. You! Oh, I have her. Let, let go. Let me go up. I'll get the gun. Oh, Reed. Good work. I'll take it easy, girlie. We got you. You. How'd you get into that other room? Fire escape. Good thing he did. Mr. Reed. Commissioner. She's Mavis Driscoll. She's wanted for murder. We know all about it, Miss Case. Are you all right? Yes, but... But another minute... Why did you come here? Well, I wanted a story for the Sentinel. You certainly got it. Ladies and gentlemen, your Sentinel newscast. Turn that thing off. Mr. Reed. The Sentinel newscast. That reminds me, we have a story. And there's just time to make the next edition. When you get the Betty Crocker cereal tray, it's a swell new cereal assortment. Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks in ten separate individual packages, all in one handy carton. Every morning you take your choice. Wheaties, Cheerios, or Kicks. All top favorites, all in the Betty Crocker cereal tray. 
And say, here's something more. Every Betty Crocker cereal tray has a valuable silverware coupon right out on the outside of the carton. By saving these coupons, you can get a set of lovely Oneida Community Silverware in an amazingly short time and at unbelievably low cost. Start saving those valuable coupons now. Get the Betty Crocker cereal tray. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by the Betty Crocker cereal tray, the cereal assortment of individual packages of Wheaties, Cheerios, and Kicks. Wow, look at him go. He's the fastest ice skater in town. He's failing his Cheerios. Yes, Cheerios, that energizing breakfast cereal made from oats. Good old-fashioned nourishing oats, all ready to eat. Remember, for a breakfast cereal that really helps to build up strength, endurance, and energy, get Cheerios, that highly nutritious cereal with the wonderful fresh toasted oat flavor. The only cereal shaped like tiny, crisp, golden brown little donuts. Try it. For your better breakfast, always start with Cheerios. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night, over most of these same stations, be sure to listen to The Lone Ranger in an unusual adventure with a surprise ending. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.